0: Hello, Salon Sleuth fans. My name is Melissa, and my co-host is Leslie. We decided we wanted to share our salon stories. We both have an interest in crime stories and a fascination with the psychic world. So settle in each week as we share another story with you. Who knows? You might even learn something. So I went through every single one of your TikToks yesterday. I did Um, this morning. Oh yeah,
1: I think I've seen <laughs> most of them, but I wanted to like have some specific questions, and I me wanted too. to go back to some of those. So, well, and maybe we should just uh, start. And you guys okay. changed your username on your. It used to be like Chinny Lee or Leah, or that was my my nickname my grandmother gave me. But when we
2: decided to maybe make this a little more out there and, and working with
1: people, we changed it to the Rowan Tree Girls. Because we okay. mentioned you in our last podcast, and uh-huh. I, I said that old name. <laughs> yeah. so oh. i going to have to mention that you changed it. What, what is the new username? Rowan Tree Groves. Okay. So that people can find you there now. Okay. If they listen to this and they want to see your videos, they need to know where to go from there. Okay. So let's okay. start with you guys introducing yourselves. And I kind of also want to know a little bit of background and how you met. I know you said it on one of your TikToks, but... I thought that was a cool story. So if you could start there.
0: I did too. And yeah. like how long you've been married, because you don't say that on your TikTok, but you guys are adorable.
1: You have, what do you say, six
2: kids? <laughs> we do have six kids. Yeah. We uh, met um, a long time ago in uh, elementary school. And um, I had, I'm just going to go ahead. And we weren't in
3: elementary school. I was teaching elementary school. And
2: I was uh, teaching, assisting as a mom, coming in and and working in
1: classrooms.
0: Oh, phew, because I got to tell you, I heard that story, and I was like, oh, a little
1: controversy. (laughs) But I'm glad it was you were both just at the school. Yes, we were at the school. (laughs) So, um, yeah, so I used
2: to go in his room and and take children out to to go practice reading. He taught first grade. And um, so that's where we met.
0: How old were you both? old
2: enough <laughs> I was um what are we gonna do with
3: this well I don't know I was like in my um after 35 so what was that it's probably You're about
2: 38 yeah, yeah 30 okay. And I was, okay
0: okay because because I heard the story that Michael you actually were going to become a Catholic priest right yeah that was earlier on okay yeah okay the- <laughs> it's okay you don't I- have to say anything you don't want to no. I thought that in the
3: book it said, celebrate. I misread it. It's said celibate. <laughs>
0: celibate. And I said, what? And that yeah. was the end of it. No. I mean, I
3: yeah. Irrevocable differences in the dogma and my thinking. So that was that. Okay. Okay. I was unceremoniously dismissed.
0: Okay. Well, sorry. Okay. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I, I thought that was <laughs> okay. an interesting caveat, a little side... It is valuable in that I really understand
3: where people are coming from that were raised in that religion, because it does plant, unfortunately, a lot of guilt and fear and superstition. But, you know, it, it helps me understand. We don't follow any particular religion, but I made it a point to learn as much as I could about all the religious stuff.
0: Yeah, and I, we, we actually have talked about that on the show before, because we had a, a psychic or a intuitive, I guess you would, medium anyways she is very religious and so you know i asked a lot of questions because we do have a lot of we know a lot of friends we have listeners that are very religious and um don't quite know how to link these abilities that some people have with um, their religious beliefs and they kind of conflict and even my mother who um you know we, we were methodist and pretty pretty open methodist right she still has some concerns, I guess, about potentially bringing in evil, right, in doing these kinds of things. So I think it is good that you have that basis. And I did not mean to interrupt your, your prelim story of how you guys started and all that stuff. But I do think that you're right, Michael, that's super valuable.
2: And we've, we've known each other, um, oh my God, uh, 38 years. A long time we've known each other a long time i can't remember half the time how long we've been married because it's been so long so um, forever forever <laughs> Both real individuals uh, which is really interesting He's he's got his way of thinking i've got mine um i just fit most, uh off my company i sold it after 15 years of running it and that didn't wasn't conducive with with uh this type of work so i had gotten out of Doing this and now I'm back into it. But I ran an annie agency and was a nanny for 32 years. Oh. So it doesn't go well with ghost hunting
1: and <laughs> that kind of stuff. Did so, you did mix you... everything together and it doesn't always work?
2: Nope. nope.
1: Yeah. But I do find clients in my salon, that's how the salon sleuth started that we have similar interests. And so it just naturally formed. And Melissa's one of my clients. And then I'm like, you want to do this with me? And she's like, okay. Um, it just kind of started because all of my clients bring all these really great stories in because it all seems to fit around like the paranormal or intuitive stuff that I'm like, let's just go with it. Let's just start. So we're very happy to have you on. So this is Cindy and Michael. They have been married a number of years. They have six kids. They have a TikTok is where I met them. So were you a teacher, Michael? and she saw the book, like tell that story a little bit.
3: Okay, Um, I was teaching first grade, but I have a bachelor's degree in world religions. And then I graduated and thought, I gotta get a job. So I went back to school and got a graduate degree in linguistics and cultural anthropology. And I started working with students that were coming from other cultures and other languages and helping them acculturate to the United States. And uh, so I was teaching ESL classes in first grade. And Cindy was this amazing teaching assistant that would come in and- <laughs> And
0: beautiful. Don't forget that, Michael. Oh, yeah.
3: Yes, indeed.
0: <laughs> Easy on the eyes. Oh, yeah.
3: <laughs> and uh, so I just kept monopolizing her time and saying, hey, could you come and help me today? Mm. And we got to talking. And um, I had a book on my desk called The Other Side by Bishop James Pike, who uh, lost a son to suicide and made it his mission to try and figure out if you can communicate with people because he wanted to make sure that he was at rest and peaceful and had worked things out. So I had the book on my desk and she said, oh, are you interested in in that type of thing? And I said, oh yeah, this is like one of my major interests is communication beyond barriers. And uh, she said, I can do that. <laughs> well,
2: and I had just started doing it about that year. I mean, I had stuff happen when I was a kid, but um, my sister brought up the psychometry class she had been taking. So I hadn't told anybody that I could do it, but it just felt, uh, it was almost like I had a vibration go through me. It was really odd in it. So I just blurted it out. And uh, that's how it started. So yeah. he has the knowledge, I had the gift, and we went at it and started developing it from there because I was a little bit nervous about it because I thought people are going to think this is so weird. And I had goals to reach. I wanted to channel. I wanted to do it all. And uh, I thought I didn't have anybody to really help me with that. So we worked
0: together on it. Now, Michael, one of my questions was, did you have these gifts at that time? I think everyone does. I keep um, hearing that, Michael, but I'm not sure about myself. <laughs> well, it's like, well, it's like learning a language.
3: It takes some practice, you know, and sometimes you have to literally go to the other country to get it, you know, to get it right. And um, people that have near-death experiences, they come back with that. So I think it can be developed. And yes, I I, I had gifts, but they were sporadic okay. and spontaneous. There I couldn't say at all they were developed but cindy helped me with that because she was just there
2: <laughs> you know i have to say when we started working on it um i would start with the automatic writing with things so I'd already done the psychometry and um i would get so tired um it, and it hurt here i i didn't know anything about uh, psychic phenomena or anything so i said it hurts here and he said well that's where your third eye is supposed to be and i'm like well i didn't know that and I would just get tired of falling asleep doing automatic writing. And finally, we got the communication speed it up, speed up your metac. speed up how you do this because they work at a much faster What would you call it? Um,
3: it's scientifically, it's called mutational rate. It's the, the speed of the atoms that are moving. I mean, that's the best we can come up with, but it, it's at a different level.
0: Can you, um, Cindy, for our listeners, and I don't know it either, what is automatic writing? I do know what psychometry is. That's like vibrations through an object, correct? But I don't know what automatic writing is when you speak of that. automatic
2: writing is, um, you just take a, 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 I used to have a notebook,
0: and um, I would
2: close my eyes, relax, and just start writing. And it wasn't me writing, it was somebody writing through me. Um, I wasn't real impressed with it. Okay. It would sometimes they would go on and on about stuff that really didn't apply here, and so when you get on TikTok or anywhere else and you hear people talking about Akashic records and all that kind of stuff, yeah, it's great, but you really can't apply it into this dimension, into this life. So um, it was fascinating gibberish as far as I was concerned. So
0: is it is it almost like I'm trying to make some association in my brain, almost like you're hearing an, another world's radio stations, but you have no context for what they're talking about, or?
2: Um, Are you trans- no, it's different than that. It's different than uh, channeling. Channeling, um, I'm, I'm right there, and I, I can I let people talk through me, but I'm not gone. I don't go into a trance. I don't let some person step into me, and I don't remember anything. Mm-hmm. Automatic writing is um, I'm writing, and it, I have to not think, not think about what you're writing. You're just writing, and so it's. And you have to. I close my eyes, which makes it really interesting to try to write while you're closing your eyes. Um, but you're letting some, uh, I used to contact, um, you know, try to get like a, a source that was viable. I wouldn't contact particular people like Abraham Lincoln or something like that. Yeah. But I would try to get somebody that was safe and, and um, had something to say. But again, it just wasn't applicable. So I just, okay. I used it to build up my muscle. That's what I call it is my muscle and um, used use that notebook after a while, not for the automatic writing anymore, but for drawing pictures of events to come, which is where I have that picture of when my mom and dad were walking through the golden door yes. and it's a on the door and that's the day my mother passed away. So I did continue to use that book, but more it was for sketches.
0: So that was one of my first questions that I wrote down after watching um, your TikToks is a story about your parents. I would love you to tell that because I actually, and I don't know, Michael, if this is part of my gift, but I did get full body chills when I heard you tell that story. So I'd love to know why sometimes we get full body chills um, as well as I would love you to tell that story for our listeners because I thought that was just touching?
2: I think it resonates. I think that is something that resonates through you. That's why you get those vibrations. I call it vibrations, energy charge. When I read things, I'm just tapping into your electricity. That's all I can think it is. Cause I don't know what else in the heck it would be. If I read you without knowing you, I always feel like it's way too intimate. And that I'm going to meet you someday and you're going to go, you saw me and I know you did that and I, I would meet people later and they don't quite look as how I saw them and they never know I did it yeah. but it always feels very intrusive so the thing with my mom and dad my dad had diverticulitis and he was rushed to the hospital my mom called me in um, because they decided I know when people are going to die and generally I do so I walk into his uh, hospital room and my mom tells me uh, he just had the surgery. The doctors are concerned his, uh, his, his intestines were collapsing, and they said he won't make it through the night. We we have one more night, and we're going to have to go in and do something else, or he's going to die. So my mom said, do something. And I'm like, what do you want me to do? She goes, I go, Well, I haven't done that before. Okay. <laughs> so I visualized. I was going through him with pepto trying to cool things up and open it up, and I thought, this is ridiculous, but whatever. It's my dad. <laughs> I'll give it a shot, right? Yeah, I'll give it a shot. So she said, I also want you to do a reading for him and, and see if he's going to retire because his retirement was like in two months. And I thought, okay, Ma, you give me all this stuff. Let's see. You know, I, I'm I'm ready for it. So I drew the picture of them walking hand in hand through this. I saw it as a golden door with people walking behind them. So I thought, okay, it's everybody going through retirement. And the date I saw for it was June 11th. The thing my daughter just pointed out which i didn't realize in the picture my mother was missing her hand and her leg in the picture i just didn't sketch them when my mom passed away she was missing her hand and her leg i just noticed that in the picture my daughter said didn't you ever see that and i said no i didn't even realize i'd done it and um
0: why was she missing her hand and her leg
2: she had uh rain mm-hmm. um phenomena when you have rain it's when your body pulls um blood from your extremities because you're trying to get it to your core to keep you warm well it, it does it even when you're not cold it does it yeah. automatically and so what it does is it will pull that away from your hands hers was called rain phenomena because it actually enacted and caused her to lose limbs because of it and my mom was full of energy and she was a hip and a half and um so I, I uh it's hard to see her she just my mother wouldn't go. <laughs> my mother stayed forever. My dad passed away before my mom. In fact, my dad passed away today, um, 14 years ago. Mm. So it's been gone.
0: Condolences.
2: And um, so anyway, that's how it happened. And I didn't realize I had June 11th on it till I went through that that book I used to do sketches in. And um, I didn't realize she was missing her hand in her leg in the picture until just recently my daughter pointed. pointed.
0: Wow! Weird. So this weird. is
2: just a real weird thing.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and you implied, and I don't know if I got this right, but that your mother and your grandfather also had these talents. Do your six kids, oh. I was going to say, and how about your kids? So my mom could
2: hear, hear people's thoughts and, in, and she was somewhat empathic. My grandfather would hear voices talking to him telling him uh to watch out for this or help you know like uh, my aunt and stuff so he would but they were not from the same family. My mother my grandfather was my dad's father. Oh so interesting with both sides. Two of our daughters have it um and they're intuitive. They see uh they see things but you know they um pretty much I just put bubbles around them to keep them safe because they've got children and lives and yeah <laughs> they're, they're doing dogs. things. Dealing with this stuff, yeah. Now,
0: one of them was Rose, you talked about in one of your, um, you guys stayed some at a hotel or or something. And I was wondering, was she one of the the, the daughters that is, sees things? Okay. She's open,
2: definitely. Okay. She's the okay. one that, the rental house was with Rose too. And
0: do you have boys? We yeah. One. Oh, okay. Does he think this is Huey? No. Um, okay. He's, he's,
3: thank God, you know. He's open-minded. He's just okay. like okay, you know. They've seen us do it. And yeah, and so, they, yeah, they, they've they seen us do it accurately. So he's like,
0: because hmm, uh. I have I have a son, and my daughter's very open to it. My husband's very open to it. My son is very scientific. He's like, mom, if all these spirits, <clears throat> you know, people are born and then the spirits go up. What about population growth like now we have all these w- more spirits than we have bodies and you know he gets all scientific on me and i'm like i don't know i don't know these things <laughs>
3: well you know the problem with trying to explain something that's beyond time and space right in a temporal spatial context is you can't do it right
2: there- i have an answer it's just made an up answer it's my it's my my observation good i do believe that spirits can fracture so if you have a spiritual uh energy in you that when you go back to whatever our source is um i believe you can fracture and do more than one one uh, involvement okay i've heard
0: that so that's what i think i've heard that but then he's saying then they then you have more spirits than you actually have bodies on the earth so how does that work but But he's
1: he's thinking earthly it's yes beyond that like it's he's trying to put it into a category and there is none it's just open think of have them think
2: of it as as if we have a source of energy uh like a light bulb and that the the energy that comes to that light bulb is it it goes in many different directions so you don't have to have just a certain amount of energy and a certain amount of light bulbs there's a whole lot of energy that can go into different light bulbs when needed so i believe the energy gets stored um I believe people, when they die, too, have to kind of go through a detox.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> kind of like, I've heard yeah. that.
2: Yeah. And we've heard that, too. So, I mean, that's what's been told. We've to encountered us. that. So, um, just tell them that the, the energy that we are isn't – I don't think we're separate. I think we all come from the same source. And So,
0: how long do you think the detox is?
2: Detox? I, you know, I used to think when when people die, because people are always saying, can you contact my dad, contact my mom? I said, how long have they been dead? So sometimes people's detox is, is up to six months. Sometimes it's it's only two months. And then we've got others that could be a long period of time because they had such difficult lives. So um, I always thought, everybody, I'm not going to contact somebody who just passed. The only people I contact that have just passed are suicides. And that's because they're usually traumatized. I don't think they really really, it wasn't their time to go. Um, they're I've done this more than once, and usually they're they're lost. They're they're just panicked.
0: Remorseful, so not- right? Re- remorseful is kind of what I always hear. I think know? surprised. Oh,
2: surprised, not remorseful, more surprised. that They're gone, and that they don't know where they are. They don't know where to go. Um, so usually I try to lead them where they need to go, and that's they're going to go through detox just like you will. Okay. Um, but there, so I said I don't know why it happens other than it wasn't their time. Their bodies weren't supposed to be going yet. So they're kind of like, ah, they're not being punished. They're not being ignored. They just mentally weren't prepared to really go.
0: I was going to say, Michael, with your religious background, is that sort of what is referred to sometimes as purgatory?
3: Boy, it's hard, again, to categorize things that meet me. But, um, yeah, it's like, in, in a sense, it's a chance to, I mean, if somebody's in shock, Okay. Yeah. And give them time to recover from that shock in the physical body. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like that for the spiritual being. You're you're in a bit of shock. You know, you're not ready to move through different levels, and you know, you're not ready to um, encounter your life or its repercussions or where you're at now. You just need some time to chill for a little bit until this comes back into focus.
0: I guess where I come from with that one is I hear so many stories like your parents. the story of him bringing her through the golden gate or, you know, I know with my father, um, someone has told me that my grandmother was there and his mother was there for him. Right. So you get these, these stories of, you know, people being there on the other side to greet them. And so what about those people with suicide? Is there nobody there to greet I've them? And bring- so I've
2: called okay. people in and said, who do you want? You're, you're going, you're dead. I'm here. Yeah. I'm going to call somebody in and we're going to get you taken care of because um, um, this is kind of morose. But one of the people that I went to find, she was still in the, um, what do you call the, the, doctors are going to do autopsies.
0: Yeah. Oh, the morgue. The morgue. She's yes. still in
2: the morgue and she was inside the box trying, she didn't understand where she was. So I called in immediate relatives and said, get her now. You know this is come get her so they did and then somebody else was trapped in I don't know what this is that I see it's like a tunnel that you go through and they were they were lost in the tunnel they didn't know where they were supposed to go so I took them to the end and I said this is I want you to step through here and they'll take care of you as you get through but it's like they're they're confused it's the I don't know why I mean I'm just saying they're confused and they're not I don't see them in purgatory as much as they didn't have the preparation I'm not I, I don't know if that happens with sudden death, like an accident or a plane exploding. I don't know if that happens then. I haven't gone to help those people. But the suicides, I usually can um, see in coming, and then I usually go help. And it's, it's like, I, it's a weird, it's a weird gift.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't
2: know what else is there? There's
3: another correlation here between our, our physical knowledge and Cindy's ability. I have a nursing degree. And I studied with a lady called uh, Elizabeth Kugler-Ross, an amazing doctor who actually began to look clearly and scientifically at that. And There are stages that you go through. And basically, one of the, the stages is to take care of business so that you don't, you're not afraid to leave. And what I found working with Cindy on these types of situations is people who leave before they take care of business have a lot more to deal with when they make transitions. Oh. So, I mean, you've done
0: a lot of things, Mr. Michael. Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> my little encyclopedia. Yeah,
3: oh, I love people like that. get to put it all to use, which is <laughs> kind of nice.
1: <laughs> hey, Cindy, I wanted to ask you you explained on the TikTok um, how when you see a spirit out of the corner of your eye and you put it together with a fan. So, I really loved that idea. Can you explain that to our listeners? So, I just noticed this probably about five years ago. I was
2: sitting in the living room and I was looking out the window, and like right now, I can see the fan in the corner of my eye. And I thought, I can see each individual blade. But when I look right at it, I can't. So, your periphery vision slows things down. If the rate of spirit is a lot faster than ours, and it totally explains why we can see them to me out of the corner of your eye, where we can't see them dead on. I can see a lot going on through the corner of my eyes. It's it's I'm actually seeing it, but when I'm contacting spirit, I I'm it's mental telepathy. I mean, I'm not seeing it with my eyes. I'm seeing it with my eyes. So um, I, I let people know that if you do look at a ceiling fan from the corner of your eye, you will see those individual waves slowing down. And I think that's what our periphery vision does. Well, That's my scientific explanation. Sure. To me, this is a science. I don't look at it as um, a gift or anything. I look at it as when we go into houses to, to search for what's going on. Um, it's a science to me. It's
3: notice too when she reads people she won't look directly at them I and mean, there's two reasons for that one is you're not reading body language for cues the other is that i don't know i think she you know you tilt your head to one side and it's almost like you're seeing them in a different way
1: well it's also
2: like your body language will tell me a lot if i'm doing a reading um like you're nodding or you'll, yeah. your eyes will open wide, or you're like, you're, yeah. so I tell you guys, don't move, don't breathe, don't say a <laughs> word to me. I don't want to know what you're thinking. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I can, I don't like it, but I can do it. <laughs> um, but I said, I don't, don't answer if I say, gosh, are they wearing pink slippers? Don't say, oh sure, they were pink slippers, just don't even say it, don't. So I always have to let people know, don't talk, and don't let me know if I'm even on the right track, because if I'm wrong, give it to me after. So
0: so your relationship is really interesting. And and one of the thing, the stories that you talk about is when you went to Oregon, which we're from Oregon um, and you help a three-year-old boy. And I'd love you to talk about like how you two kind of have teamed up because it sounds like, you know, Michael, you have some, I'm going to call them abilities for lack of a better word. I know you're saying it's science, but I don't have these abilities. So I just, I, I, it's, you're right. It's a combination.
3: Yes. Yeah. I
0: I praise anyone who does, but, but, um, how do you guys team up and become a pair? That was kind of an interesting story to me. It was a three-year-old boy in Oregon that had, um, uh, spirits or or friends, right? Imaginary friends. And you say that one of them had become aggressive. So why don't you talk about how you guys teamed up to take care of this?
2: We've gone to Oregon doing readings. And um, we used to do readings together. So he would use tarot. I can't use tarot or anything else because I get easily distracted with print pictures. So he would start the reading and he could read tarot. I can't anyway, because I just do, I get distracted. And then I would finish up by just reading the person while he's working with them. So we used to do team up like that. And then the mother came to one of the places we were doing readings. And she asked us about her son and told us what was going on. And then I'll
3: let you take over. Just, you know, I want to interject one thing. I don't really read tarot because I don't think the cards tell me anything. But it's a lot like what religion. You know, there's something spiritual going on, but they have like candles, investments, and motions, and incense, and stuff to signify that. So it's just like an external thing to do while the spiritual thing's going on.
0: Mm -hmm. Whoa, 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 whoa. You confused me there. So... Explain to me then how the tarot cards work for you. I need a little more. I need the dots closer together, Michael.
3: So when I read tarot, it's not the cards telling me something. It's okay. feelings I get from the person I'm reading. And the cards just give me a way to explain it to the person. Oh, interesting. And I know a real tarot reader would just chew my head off for that. And I realize, I realize that. But that's just the way that I use it. Yeah, yeah. And I think the cards do correlate. They do. And it gives me a way of saying, Oh, see this, this person's doing that. Well, that relates to where you're
2: I have a funny right one now. to tell you before we go back to the three-year-old. We were at a reading and this lady came over, a little lady, about 50 to 60 mm-hmm. and she sat down for her reading and Mike starts out with a tarot and I could tell he was struggling. He just kept looking up at me and I'm like, I realized he wasn't getting anything. And I'm like, he, he looks, he goes. And what do you see? And I'm like, I have to tell you, all I'm seeing are chicken feathers flying everywhere, and I can't get past this to even reach you. What the hell is going on? And she said, Well, honey, I've been plucking chickens at a factory for the last 40 years, and I just wondered if anything was going to happen in my life. I said, (laughs) said, Well, thank you, because I kept thinking I am seeing chicken feathers. So. That's how we work together. I mean, okay. he does his reading. Hearts help give him a, a focal point. Right. And I just see things. And so we used to call ourselves a Cisco and Ebert of readings <laughs> because a lot of times we didn't agree. He'd say something and go, oh, no, nope, I'm not seeing that. That's uh, not i like. The thing with the E.R. Rogers mansion when he saw, I saw schoolgirls running around in their underwear upstairs. No, he saw a horn So
0: that was great, right. hilarious. That was hilarious because when yes. you actually told that story, I was like, no, it was a whorehouse. I knew immediately, maybe, maybe I do have an ability, Michael. I'm just That's saying, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys are dirty. But I was like, oh no, they're running around in their underwear. No, it is a whorehouse girlfriend. It's upstairs. It is a whorehouse. Yeah. <laughs> so back to the three-year-old. Anyway. Yes. So we, because we have different
3: paradigms, different perspectives, and we share a lot together. We see different viewpoints. I mean, it is sort of like, you know, two people that report on politics or movies or whatever. You're going to get two different perspectives. and When you join them together, then you get like a a 360, you know, a panorama instead of just one focal point. So that's kind of how we work together. But we also have, I mean, yeah, the three-year-old. When we went into the house, the, the, the thing that I bring into a situation like, is i don't believe people should be afraid of spirits or spiritual phenomena, because we're in charge this is the temporal world they're dead they don't have a whole lot of influence here their influence is a lot like a bully you can get someone who really can't hurt you but they intimidate you they make you afraid so you get spirits sometimes that are like bullies they'll
0: Michael, can you hear us? I think he just went to bad connection. Because he didn't touch anything.
1: No. Can he log out and log back in? He should be able to, yeah. I'm gonna try calling him. Oh, there he goes. Maybe the spirit didn't like him talking about bullying.
0: I think that you're right I think a bully just uh was like it oh no up. you didn't
1: <laughs> right because he's like we have um
0: it's all here right yeah yeah don't tell my people that they can't be bullied hi Michael
3: hi technical difficulties I'm I'm plugged back in now and Do I need to restart a new meeting
0: or can I sign back?
1: I think you can just go right back to the old meeting.
0: Your hair looks so cute, Leslie. I curled it it today. adorable. All right. I love that fifties look. Hi, so
4: I have to tell you, there's somebody's grandmother standing behind Michelle, right? Melissa.
0: Melissa, yeah. Your grandmother? Melissa,
4: I'm sorry. Melissa, yeah. It's her grandmother, I think. She's been standing the whole time.
0: Is she have white hair? Does she have white
1: hair? (laughs) Huh? Does she have white hair?
4: Um, it looks like it. I mean, everybody—it just is a natural assumption. Somebody's gonna have gray hair or or lighter hair. But uh, she's—I'm assuming it's your grandmother. She's old enough to be a grandma. She's not. um, She's just on your right side. She's been there the whole time, watching watching you.
0: Yeah, it's probably my grandma. Melissa always has people come visit her. She's, she's, she's my spunky grandma. (laughs) I was going to say, she about, she looks like she's about five foot, four to five foot six. And not
4: heavy, but she's not, she's not a small woman. She's, she's kind of in between the, she's not slight. I wouldn't call her slight. And I wouldn't call her hefty. And she has a dress on. Mm -hmm. um, And she looks formidable. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't mess with her correct like if, if her kids or anything said said g mom no oh hell no <laughs> don't go there so um anyway i just want to tell you she's behind me the whole time that's why i keep looking off over your shoulder
0: hi grandma she's <laughs> she was the matriarch of the family and she was a very strong woman and uh yeah that's cute
4: yeah just, it
0: shows, it is, it shows Well, we we think that Michael we think that Michael got kicked off because the bullies didn't like him telling everybody that they don't have to be bullied by the ghosts. I thought
1: <laughs> like, that was really interesting that that's when I get kicked <laughs> off is when he's talking about that, you know, we have all the say here in, in this world where they're just spirits, they're dead. And then it's like, nope. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was really funny. Yeah. He, he's got a question. Okay. He's a, here, I'm going to
4: give you back to him. He's got a okay. question. Says, Please
3: wait. The meeting calls for oh, I got soon. it.
0: I got Paronels. you. Okay. There you are. Hi, Michael, you were being bullied.
4: <laughs> <laughs> they did
0: it. Don't tell their secrets, Michael.
3: <laughs> well, you just have to unmute. Did you
0: unmute yourself? Yeah.
3: Okay. Can you hear me?
0: Yes. Yeah. Uh, Thank because, you for the story about my grandma too. I she's love her. A, I can see her. She's, she, again, I love her.
2: Formidable person. I wouldn't tell her no, 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 no.
0: <laughs> well, I will, I will tell you a funny story about her. When she passed away, she was finally, she was 94. And, um, she had been having chronic, uh, is it COPD where you have lung issues and, um, we had taken her to the hospital again for pneumonia. She didn't want to go. She's like, look, you know, I'm kind of done with all this, so, but we took her to the hospital and, um, she'd been there a couple of days or whatever. And she was laying there and she said, look, um, just tell everybody goodbye. I'm done. You know, I, I'm out of here. And I went to the doctor and I was like, she just said, she's out of here. Tell everybody goodbye. Like she's done. And he goes, no, 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 no. She'll be able to go home in a couple days. And I'm like, you're going to need to tell her that because that's not how it's going down. And then she refused to eat or drink. And in seven days she passed away. At one point I was visiting her and it was, we were like day three or whatever. And she had refused to eat right now. I'm, so I'm eating like some pudding or something from hers and she's, I'm putting it on her lips and she's doing this. Cause she, you know, she's not awake or anything, but she feels it, she starts eating it. She realizes she's eating this pudding and she just clams clams her up and (laughs) she's done. Melissa, don't try to get me to eat pudding.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I've I've had, uh, for different people that have passed away, a lot of times we're called in and, and we'll have the nurses and doctors say, oh no, they've got a couple weeks to go. And I'm like, okay, I'll say to Mike, okay, I'm seeing light in the corner of the room. I haven't seen any people come in here yet, but I'm seeing the light. And look, this person has probably two hours. You better call the
0: family in. And I've never been wrong. Wait, okay, so that comes with a story that you talked about. So, do you go into hospice or something and and help people, or is it just people that you know?
2: We have um, the most memorable um, movement has been for our own families. Okay, uh, but yeah, we have. Um, generally Michael will take them through a guided meditation to start learning how to connect with who they want to have meet them you don't have to have somebody meet you but generally people feel better about going to a new place with a guide so um, you can pick who you want and then we start focusing on yeah we start focusing so um, we focus on the smells and the sights and the feelings that you're going to have when you start moving towards that person as you're exiting so with his dad um i connected with his dad's mom who died when he was like nine years old and um we had the cookie smell we had the soap smell we had the house and we had her calling him into the house and running down the path so and that's what we practiced with him and his family and that's how we took him over so when he passed that's what he was doing and generally it's a little easier journey but again this is all a crapshoot i mean this is what i think I don't know for sure till I get there. <laughs> sure.
0: Now, you mentioned something about a black dot or a black hole or a black spherical in one of your things. What What can you, do you remember that comment? Oh, yeah. The first time okay. I saw,
2: ever saw that was in my mom's uh, room at the, the nursing home. And um, they just moved that other lady in. And um, Oh,
0: yes. Yes. That was it.
2: Said to my sister. No, it was Mike, Actually, my sister wasn't there yet. I said, there's a black thing at the door. And I said, you know, I'm, I am i wasn't raised to believe in uh, death coming to get you and stuff. But I said, oh, wow, that's exactly what it looks like, a big person in a dark something. And I said, I can't tell if it's just a hole, and opening, or if it's an actual large person just covered in black. And I said, so I, like, go around it when I went out the door. I mean, I, I, it was very interesting. And I said, coming to get somebody and um, luckily they moved my mother out of the room that day because this woman um, had uh, sepsis and they are afraid my mom would catch something from her so they moved my mom out into the next room and the, the thing in the door didn't move and I thought okay it's not my mom and yes. the lady died that night about two weeks later she was it was back in the door and I knew mm-hmm. my mom was home
0: and so, I it's the only time your- I've ever seen it what's your thought about that being black in that instance and then the other times you've seen it as a bright light
2: i think um you know the light is usually in the corner of the room when it's time to go um it may just be the opening of my so-called tunnel that i see okay maybe it's that opening it's, it wasn't actually a person it just i think in your mind because we have gotten so much information as children and adults of what we're supposed to see I think it was just probably the opening of where the light comes is going to come into the room. this time.
0: And both of those things, are you only seeing them in your peripheral? You said you walk around it when you walked out the door, but- I can see
2: it here. I can see it. It's, it's sensing it. I see it. So when I say I'm seeing something, I'm seeing it here. If I see an actual person, physical person, it's periphery. Okay. Um, or, you know, so yeah, most of the things I see is, is my sight.
1: And, okay. What about uh, when you had the story where, um, was it your mom's friend that you had a whole conversation with? Oh yeah, that was totally three-dimensional. Yeah.
2: That was, uh, all I can say is I'm, I started thinking after that happened, I bet this happens all the time to all of us. We just don't know it. Yeah. Uh, we just happen to catch her red-handed. And yeah. My mom had come home and said, oh, she's been dead for three years. She died around the time my mom had her first surgery on her leg. And um, I don't think she knew when she died that my mom was going to survive. Even my dad didn't know. He didn't know. So all I could think of is she came back to just check on her. And it just happened to be she materialized. I could see her. I don't know if anybody else could see her because she was gone when my mom got home and my dad got home.
0: Um, Can you tell that story? Cause I don't think I've heard that story and our listeners don't oh, know. Oh, it's so
2: either. good. I, just
0: I used to say dead or alive.
2: Uh, obviously I can't tell. Um, yeah. So I was at my mom's house. Her mom, my dad and her had gone to the grocery store to get some stuff. And um, there was a knock on the door. She lived in Leisure World, which is a retirement center. My mom had a billion friends always coming over. So I went to the door and answered it. And, um, a lady came in and and she just said she was a friend of my mother's and could, and I said well she's not here would you like to wait and she said sure so we went in the other room and sat down and I talked to her for about I think fifteen minutes and she asked how my mom was doing um, if she was okay and I said yeah yeah you know my mother she's a she's a survivor she's a ball of energy and um, then I heard their car drive in because garage door came open I said oh she's here I'll go let her know you're here and I ran out saw my mom and she said Uh She's been dead for three years, unless it's a, a different person. And we went in and she was gone. So I thought, oh, she just must have left, you know, and, and didn't want to, you know, she got the answer she wanted. To I'm, and then I started thinking, wait a minute, she really was here, but not here. Yeah. And um, that, so I'm thinking, how many other
1: times has it happened where we've talked to people and you, even
2: me, you know, and we yeah. don't know.
1: That's okay. why I wonder sometimes when you see people walking down the street, that maybe we're like addicts or whatever and they're talking to someone. Yeah. It's almost like the Beautiful Minds movie. Like it could be fully real to and then maybe they actually are talking to somebody. You just hey, read a just lot of them
0: her. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. I have so many questions about that. Like, could you smell her? Did you didn't touch her, a right obviously? Person. She was Like, did she hold the door? Like, was there any physical contact? She sat in a chair, though, right?
2: She sat in a chair, but when you think about it, uh, when I think about it, no, she didn't touch the door. I opened the door and let her in. She came in, and I pulled out the chair, because she was an older woman, and she sat down. Um, So I invited her in. I sat her down, and then when I left to go get my mother from the dead from the garage, maybe that broke the energy connection she had to be able to materialize. I don't know. I don't know how this works. Sometimes it just—it um, was. I kept thinking, okay. And I said to my mom, I said the only thing if I said something was weird about her was she was in a suit, kind of a, a lady suit, and it was this is Arizona. And I thought um, it, if I had to say it was weird, it was like it was probably what she was buried in. It was just this nice kind of pastel suit that looked warmer, like you'd wear in warmer climate, and. Um, I thought that was odd, but I thought old people get cold
0: really easily.
2: So I didn't see it as a a beacon of oh my god, this woman's dead. I would never have thought that was a three-dimensional being. I always tell Mike if I ever see a three-dimensional spirit come in front of me, I'm the first one out the door. And actually, I've had it happen. Now, um, and it's like it's exciting. I think back then, a long time ago, it was scary. Now it's like
0: you weren't ready for it. it. Well, maybe that's why. I'm getting feedback, sorry. Maybe that's why she came to you in a way that wouldn't scare you.
2: Yeah. Or she came to me because she knew I could see her. I think um, I think that's why spirits materialize sometimes, because they know I can see them. His dad, we talked to his dad one time after he passed away, and he said, wait a minute, you're here and you're there. How do you do that? <laughs> I, he, I keep talked about it. I said, well, I, I didn't think it was that weird of a comment, but I guess it is.
0: So so we were talking about the three-year-old boy when we the spirits... Segue, perfect segue uh, Uh
3: to um, what was said earlier. Is it there and other people can't see it? Or is it not there and you have some lunatic walking down the street talking about... I think with kids, that's especially true. We were saying that kids, because they're completely open and they can... Take in things from different dimensions because they haven't been conditioned yet you can't do this this isn't real yeah. they do see other beings and that's what was happening in oregon the difference was that it wasn't just an imaginary friend what was happening is this being that they were communicating with is becoming intrusive and making mm-hmm. them afraid and kind of pushing them around
2: so what happened was the mom had woke up at night that dad was traveling going to get get more antiques and she said she woke up at night and there was a person standing at the end of the bed pulling on the covers and pulling on her and she said this was after she started hearing from her son that one of the imaginary friends um, was shooing everybody away and she said well what does he look like and he said well he's big he's like the size of daddy and she said so that started alarming her she just thought it was another friend that he had found he had like five or six of them and she said, but the big guy started scaring everybody away. And so um, then when she had that happen at night where the person was at the end of the bed, um, she started thinking, oh, wow. So she came to us at the uh, reading where we are doing readings and talked to us and we went out. And we actually came down two or three times to Oregon to um, work with them to make sure everything was clean. But he worked with the parents I work with kids all the time. So I, I worked with a three old and he worked with the parents on where this was coming from, how it got the house. And I really did just work with him because he was three. They don't have a lot of ability to communicate what they're seeing. But what I, I did really teach him, when you have a friend come to the door or a friend come to play with you, you ask mommy first. No friend comes in the house whether she can see them or not without you asking first. So parents have to take that strong position of we're protecting you or your safety net, and encircle them with that. I get a little alarmed on TikTok when I see people encouraging their children to see the spirits they're seeing and scaring them with Jesus out of them. And it's, that's not what you should be doing. You should be letting them know that that mommy and daddy are protecting you and take care of you, and we don't let anybody in that can um, harm you. Or so you don't tell a three-year-old to tell it to go away. You right. tell it to go okay. away. Okay. okay
0: do you tell it for tell it for the the child
3: and it's a very natural reaction and this is another reason why i think everybody has spiritual ability you i mean you read these stories about a a, you know a a 95 pound woman lifting a car because her kid is underneath it right people will call this stuff together and focus it when they absolutely need to and as a parent you realize your kid's in trouble you have strength you never saw before so basically we empowered this woman to do the same thing she'd do in the physical world if somebody was harassing her kid she'd let them have it yeah and so she did have the power to take care of it but you got to get past the fear thing and now there's people listening to the podcast saying yeah but the spirits knocked out your computer when you started to try (laughs) it yeah no That was a forgetful older person not plugging his charger in all the
2: way. Oh, darn it. Darn it. You ruined it for us. (laughs) Well, And he also uh, talked to them about how we thought it got in the house besides their sun saw it. Yeah. The antiques.
0: Because I've heard that before and I'm an interior designer and, you know, there's some really cool antiques, you know, right? But I... I am afraid to bring in someone else's antiques. So I'll bring in my family's antiques, but I am afraid to bring in other people's antiques for that very reason.
2: Well, I tell people, if you want it, bring in antiques. What you do is bring them in, clean them up lovingly, uh, tell the person that owned it before and the people that owned it before that you're now the new owner and that you appreciate this antique and that you're going to take care of it. It's now a piece in your home. So you have to be afraid of it, but I would with every piece you bring in, establish that you're the new owner uh, caretaker of this particular. Okay. we have some really old antiques and so you just uh, clean them up and lovingly announce that it's now in your home and that uh, people can come see it if they want to, but they're not to interfere and,
0: and Michael, were you able to find out figure out which antique it was in the house?
3: Yeah
0: okay. how did you do that? Um,
3: psychometry okay you know, like sitting in certain chairs, um, holding certain objects and just leaving the senses and the mind and all possibilities open and then you get images and you get feelings.
2: He also they had a room, a bedroom that they had put all the antiques in that they were collecting and then the bedroom was right next to the little boys' room and across the hall from the mom and dad's room. So he went in there and and actually told them to get a storage unit.
0: That's what I was gonna say. Get that stuff out of there man. (laughs) Yeah, because did. they weren't keeping it. They weren't
3: claiming it. They weren't yeah. taking it from the previous owners and doing what yeah. Cindy said. They were just storing it and they were reselling them. Yeah. So really, I mean, it would be the same reaction you get if somebody stole something from your house and then you found it in their house.
0: You'd be pissed. <laughs> yeah. I will tell you one little story that um, my girlfriend... Uh, bought a house from a couple and we don't exactly know, but we know that the husband w- had passed. So I don't know if he passed there, don't know anything about it. But anyways, when they left, they left a simple gold cross above the office door <laughs> and she had her son in this house. And when he was growing up, he always was like kind of gugu gogging with someone kind of up on the monitor and definitely was talking to somebody when he was able to talk. And then socks would be moved around the house and things like radios would be turned on downstairs and everything. And I became convinced that he was still there and likely in that cross. And I said, look, he just wants to go home. He wants the cross to go back to his family. Like they were very Catholic and everything. So um one night we were over there and, you know, we might've been drinking, but um, I was like, look, we need to find this family. What's the family name? You know, I start Facebooking and I start, you know, um getting a hold of any of people's names that are similar, right? <laughs> right. Cause I wasn't even sure if she was still alive. And anyways, we did find the son of this gentleman and said, Hey, we have this cross. Can we send it back to you? And nothing since has oh. happened
2: interesting
0: you know and this
3: is nothing new in oriental cultures especially japan china korea um, vietnam you'll find in every traditional household a shelf with pictures of recently passed relatives with some joss sticks you know the incense and maybe some candles and some offerings they understand that people stick around for a while mm-hmm. they want to they want to protect and they want to stay connected so it's not a new phenomenon for people to be connected to objects or households or people. It's just in Western society, you don't go for that. So yeah, it's not a new concept.
0: Well, it's I, been I, hour. To, I I do have, I know see, it's been an hour. Connecting? Can I can I ask one more question, <laughs> um, Michael? This is a you question because you talked about the Er Rogers Mansion and you talked about being in the cellar. And that you were grabbed from behind, and that you couldn't breathe, and you were backed up up against the wall. And um, I wanted to know that terrifies most of us, so just know that first off. But I wanted to know if you, like, tell me about the physical feeling. Did you actually feel like you couldn't breathe, or you felt like they were trying to make you not breathe, or could you not breathe? Like, how did that feel? And then how did you stop it? Like, could you have really moved off the wall if you wanted to? I, I just kind of want to know more about that okay what I felt
3: was a hand over my mouth and thumb and forefinger holding my nose closed and then pushed up against the wall and that's what it felt like and it shocked me a little at first but then I realized I'm actually in charge it's like I don't know if you've ever had this situation where you're asleep and you're dreaming and you want to bring yourself out of a dream And you realize it's a dream, and then you move your hand and then your arm and then you stand up. So I recovered like that. And um, it was to me, it was the idea was that it was so strong that the vibration from that attack was still there. And when you think about it, even just the physical properties, it's underground, it's lined with stone, you know, it's almost like a tomb. And so, and that holds vibration so people were experiencing that and then there's another thing that we didn't put in the story about er rogers is that it was a focal point for a lot of spiritual activity three miles off the coast was a state prison mcneil island five miles south of the Er rogers mansion was the washington state hospital for the criminally insane that was used as a model For the hospital and one flew over the cuckoo's nest so you know there's a lot going on around there as far as vibrations being held Um, were
0: you were you ever able to identify that somebody had been choked and
3: no because it it goes back so far just like i went to look and see if they ever advertised it as a whorehouse and then i thought who's gonna do that that's a secret upstairs kind of...
2: the owner told us they have it listed as a boarding house. Boarding he house. said you won't see it listed as a whorehouse. It was listed as a boarding house, but he said it was a whorehouse. So he knew yeah. it.
1: Even Timberland... He Lodge used to know if we pick it up. At one time. Like, what was that? The Lodge was that at one time. Yeah. yeah. So.
0: Okay, I do have one more question, really quick. Um, you mentioned having premonitions and having premonitions of the earthquake in San Francisco. I wanted to know... Are those random, or can you conjure those up? They're random. They're random. They just and they're so clear.
2: I mean, even the when I saw the one in Hawaii with the top off there, I thought, there's no way we were actually on the island that it flew out from. So I think that's why I just happened to be there and receptive to seeing it. So I think with San Francisco, my mother was born there. My grandfather grew up there, has a house still in Berkeley that he built with his brothers and dad. And then there's, like I said, the cemetery has been put up in, um, um, that's where the cemetery is that my grandfather's dad donated property for all the people who died in the San Francisco earthquake. So I think I have connections and that's why I got it. Cause I was in Washington state when I saw this Okay. and, um, it was right on the button. It was, I nailed it and it was weird. And it was within 24 hours of it happening. Most of my visions are within, um, like, just hours, if not a couple of weeks.
0: That's and what I was going to ask. Is, is there a timing to that? Like, is it going to happen, you know, in hours? Is it
2: that thing, that was the only time I saw something that was way off. But, um, yeah, these disasters that I see are usually fairly soon. And you uh, can't do a dang thing about it. That's what right. you can't. Like, I'm going to call the airplane and say, well, we got one of your airplanes. all will always stop. Or there's an earthquake. Everybody says there's an earthquake that happened in San Francisco. Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. And the man trapped underneath that it was, um, I think it was Oakland Bridge collapsed on land, at where the freeway is, and he was in there. And I could hear him, and I said I hear him crying for help. And I said they're they're going to stop looking. They think they got everybody, or can't get anybody else out. And um, I think it was in those three days, and um, they got him. They got him out, but he died after that. He was just dying and stuff. So I thought, wow. And, I can call and say, Oh, by the way, that's well,
3: they put nutcase on the phone,
0: yeah. They'd say, Well, when is it going to happen? and yeah. you'd go, well, I don't know, <laughs> and so, then they go, I don't know.
2: And there's nothing you can do, I mean, there's nothing they could have evacuate San Francisco. I think the thing I don't do is if somebody wants me to look for somebody who's missing or kidnapped or whatever, um, unless they pass, I won't do it because I can't, and I think I've got to. I've got to do this right, I've got to do it now because they're going to die. So I won't do it unless they're already gone. And then I can do it peacefully and gently and try to find where they are. So I don't do that very often because you don't want to get linked with that. If you have too many details and are too accurate about where a body is, you can be implicated. You're a suspect.
0: Well, I was wondering if they if that was kind of a thing, because we've, we've talked about um, a couple cases and you know kind of researching them. And then I'm like, okay, well, is somebody going to think I'm the wackadoo? I mean, I was maybe 10 when this happened, but <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know, I mean, I can see that how they're like, well, how do you have so many details?
1: I don't know. Yeah. Yeah,
0: Well, you guys are absolutely delightful.
1: I have one question. Do you guys Astro project? Um, I, I think
2: Everybody, I don't do it on purpose. I, in fact, I think sometimes when I'm seeing things in the future, um, I'm probably, maybe we're all time traveling when we see future events or we're astral projecting in our sleep or whatever. I don't see these visions when I'm sleeping. I see them i the night. So I think we do it. I don't do it on purpose. It's, um, it's not an interest of mine,
1: but I'm pretty sure I probably am. I just don't do it on purpose. Well, Michael mentioned like when you're sleeping and you realize you're sleeping and you move your hand. I'm like, I don't think I can do that. I think that's a skill and I think I thought that's like the you know when you can control your dreams like that that's part of astral projecting and that's why I, I had asked
0: really I've had that before where you're like okay you know you're asleep and you're in something and I'm like okay I can I can move my hand I can move I, I've had that before I didn't think that was astral projecting though
3: no I you think know what know like, it it mostly associates in my own mind with is I've done a lot of style meditation where you move in and out of certain realms and once you realize that you can control that you can move in and out so I mean is that astral projection maybe maybe it is but um, realizing that you are in charge you can move through different levels helps on a lot of different dimensions and it is like coming out of the tree you realize this is my body this is my dream I can bring myself this. And just like if you feel you know um, accosted by spiritual fear or any of that stuff wait a minute i'm here i'm in charge (laughs) thank you for this opportunity yes thank you
2: thank you